0: looks
1: like we've made it guys are dropping like flies either with COVID-19 or a fat stack of green allowing them to step aside for the 60 game sprint let's be positive and make our bold predictions for 2020
0: it's time for dingers
2: Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Bryce Harper that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight-up OG lifestyle. I'm Tyler Childs. Joining me again this evening is Robert Baseball. What is happening tonight, Robbie? Uh,
1: Well, I told you the stories about my child acting inappropriately, but other than uh, that, not much. Just... Excited about the possibilities of this upcoming baseball season. The negative negativity negativity we're pushing aside for tonight, folks. This is just going to be fun and exciting until we go down a bad road, um, just out of habit. But Ty, otherwise, my life is super great, terrific. How about you?
2: Oh, you know, just plugging away. It's uh, another day, another fictional dollar for the travel industry uh so just trying to wait for things to come back to life we're we're getting there but um you know really really battening down the hatch uh we got a new one on the way here uh middle of august so the countdown is on to the point i can't play eh? golf yeah golf is done baseball will be a a savior during those times as i put the baby into one of those automatic rocker things and i watch baseball instead
1: I, so my, my kids four. um, I was, I physically lived with my wife and child at that time. I just wasn't home much because I was working. Um, but it's really easy because in my experience, the wife will just take care of everything. And then occasionally you need to just do something so that she can go and take a break. Uh, If that sleep for two or three hours, the child can't move, lift their own head up or anything. You've got months before you have to worry. Uh, The first time uh, I figured out that my boy could roll was when he fell off the couch because I used to just leave him on the couch. Uh, My wife was upstairs showering. She heard his head hit the floor. Uh, It was a whole thing. He cried. Um, I think he's fine. I I don't blame his misbehavior on that day. But um, yeah, do you know, are you having a a little uh, hardball player or softball player?
2: uh it's gonna be a hardball player
1: oh very nice yeah very so
2: nice. that's assuming we can come up with a name if not we'll have to put it on the discount rack or something but <laughs> yeah it's uh no it's it, we're, we're we're battling over names we it was funny I, I think i was telling you this we were driving back from the cottage a couple of weeks ago and we were still struggling to come up with a name so i'm like pull up uh the mlb player list and I just had her read through all the names. And there's been very few things I've been more entertained by than my wife trying to pronounce names that right. she's never seen before. It, it would be dynamite internet content. So whenever I get her tired and exhausted in the coming months, maybe I'll try to get her to read a couple for you guys.
1: Like Nomar Childs, that would be.
2: <laughs> no, Nomar Childs, yeah. Hey <laughs> Zeus.
1: well that's good okay well that's that's some positive that'll come up for the season um and yeah so tonight we're going to go through just the predictions episode the bold predictions will be um we're going to talk about who is not going to get mlb playing time who will be bus who are going to be top um uh what are they called relief pitchers uh who are going to who's going to break out of course then we're going to go through the classics the rookies of the year cy young but we're not going to go divisions because we don't know what's gonna happen sweeping through life. Um, But before we do any of that, Ty, uh, let's, let's get our drink on.
2: A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles they put juice or milk and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon because good advice only comes in a bottle.
1: The Molson Canadians pop like crap.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's because they've been sitting in a box for a little too long.
1: These ones were refrigerated. Um, We had a refrigerator tech come out to the house today because we have two refrigerators. One was here when we bought the house, it was sitting in the shop screwed shut. So, you know, that one works fine. Um, And then the other one was one that we bought when Sears, if everyone remembers Sears, when Sears was just closing up in 2017 and uh, he basically said to us, Uh, put everything in this one and then defrost the other one for 24 hours and then move everything to the other one and then defrost that one for 24 hours because they're all filled up with ice at the back and your sensors are going off. And that's why things aren't running properly. And I was like, Oh great. This is just like when I had the restaurant and the guy would come in and be like, all right, I'm going to spend $300, put some refrigerator cooling in this for you. um, And then you need to still drop three grand and get a new one. (laughs) Classic, because all they can do, because a lot of commercial equipment is not made to be repaired unless you get really high-end products, um, which literally are two and a half times the cost. However, you can also use that piece of equipment for fifteen years, or you can buy things that might last, you know, eighteen months when they have a twelve-month warranty, or they might last five years. You got you got no clue what's going on, other than you know you get what you pay for. So anyway, he said, buy Maytag, Uh, not a sponsor yet, Um, or uh, what did he say the other one was? kitchen aid which i thought was interesting
2: yeah so. yeah we went through the fridge process and they said kitchen as well surprisingly that one caught me off guard too is there no alcohol in the murder room back there is that behind the the wood yeah did, okay it's
1: been it's been there forever i just have really? better lighting yep. okay so i can see some gray goose some schmirnoff ice um some wine from my wedding that my in-laws made so that's nice. getting close to 11 years old so that's going to be some fine vinegar. Um, <laughs> There's a bottle of Girls' Night Out, which is probably circa sixteen. Um, yeah, there's some Bravas. Do you remember Ooh, Bravas? The beer,
2: the beer of summer. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. Uh, the br- that that brings me back. Those were the college days. That was that was when I was running through. So for for all of our American friends, that was like the cheapest beer of all time in Canada. It was mm-hmm. like twenty six ball bo- twenty six bucks for a case, and that's that was dirt cheap. But
1: steal yeah. of a deal. Ross, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there's also like a couple of milk crates that are on the floor that have different wines and things that I haven't obviously haven't cleaned it up yet. Um, but after we spent time in here with the tornado watch last week, we moved a few things around. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're excited. It's baseball time. Um, we, I've got my beer tie. Are you uh sans alcohol tonight?
2: Uh, I am. I'm doing this intermittent fasting thing. And because oh, we've done right. so many episodes compacted, I couldn't plan accordingly to fit in a drink this evening.
1: Well, if it helps, I had another bourbon last night. I made an old-fashioned. I saw that. Yeah. It was not great. I definitely need to make – I used my wife's simple syrup, so I'll throw her under the bus. Uh, Honey, your simple syrup sucks. It needs to be way higher sugar concentrate. So I got the bitters, the uh, orange slice, the big old cup ice simple syrup, and um, I used some of the uh, Maker's Mark Kentucky straight bourbon and um, popped her in there and – so yeah, it, it'll be better. I'll, I'll acquire the palette for it, but not tonight.: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, let's yeah. let's get a palette for uh, who's going to make noise this season in Major League Baseball. In this condensed 60 game season. we're going to pull some rabbits from hats here and go through our predictions, Robbie, and I have both uh, created our own list of award winners, breakout candidates. And some bus and or guys that are never going to see the light of day in this shortened season. So I added one at the end, Robbie, that I watched. I the saw spot that. Into. Um, I want like a dark, dark horse sleeper. Um, so you're this, just asking
1: like, me to pull from my rosters.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and you can't and you can't pick Austinola.
1: He's not on my list anywhere else, you jerk.
2: Yeah, so you can't pick him there. i That's the clarification. I,
1: so, <clears throat> excuse me. I actually got to watch, like I said to you before, but I got to watch him on uh, YouTube Live, which has been nice that they've thrown out some of the spring training games there. So I watched him catch last night, uh, and he catched Kendall Graveman, AK's four innings or whatever the heck it was. Uh, but Graveman looked awesome, and Austinola looked perfectly fine back there catching, which, you know, he, he will be. He'll be perfectly fine. And it looks like he might start the season. So I have been saying it for months now. So if you are a regular listener and you don't have at least peaked interest in Austinola, you very soon will be too late to the train. I went around in the last three days into any of my leagues that I had. Um, you know, what's it the Dodgers' former top kind of prospect pitcher Alvarez? Was it? Um,
2: uh, You're Jordan,
1: thank you. Yeah. Cut him wherever I had him, and uh, picked up a guy like Noah. And then uh, the one roster that I tweeted out about, where I took over a team that was absolutely you know, demolished on the pitching side. And had very little on the hitting side. Uh, I took them over in seven, 17, eight, whatever it was. I just basically let the team set. Anyway, last night, because my pitching is so bad, I picked up Tommy Malone, Ryan Barucky, and I already picked up Kendall Graveman <laughs> because my team is so bad that I'm basically picking up all the SP5 reclamation type projects. And my best pitcher is Michael Fulmer. Uh, prior to doing these things, so. It's a fun process. I've got a lot of names, so sleepers will be easy for me, Ty. Um, but yeah, so anyway, if you if you do want to find us on Twitter, we mentioned a few times, you can find the podcast at Dinger's Pod. Very happy with the growth that we've seen um, from that. We're hoping that it's translating to more listens here. Find Ty at Tourney Boss. Shove him all your baseball-related child names. Um, the more syllables and the more Latin the country, the better. And then you can find me at Baseball one And, uh, we're happy to chat baseball. You got dynasty questions. You got some redraft We're we're going to discuss our, our uninformed redraft opinions, but we are always dynasty based. So, um, Ty, what do you want to kick off with? with Yeah, I was,
2: I was saying, let's go for, uh, the guys that we don't think are going to have any time this year. I think that's a great place to start because I think, you know, when we get into these predictions, everybody goes to like, oh, the breakout guy, the guy that's going to change the game forever. Right. Let's, let's kill a couple dreams. Yeah. Reach,
1: the reach for in your draft league, yeah. right? For those guys. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. So, so let's go every other Robbie, I'm going to start, I'll kick it off. I think Mackenzie Gore is going to see zero time this year for the San Diego Padres zero time. Wow. And, and I think that's just because they're they have enough pitching to get by in this crazy season. I don't think that they're going to uh, force him into this scenario when I just don't think he's ready. Like, I don't think there's any question about his talent, but Mm -hmm. I think it's the same reason the Jays are going to be really slow with a guy like Nate Pearson. I think they're both in that same window where they're almost there, but not quite. And because there's not a triple a for them to finish that development, I think they're going to be on the outside looking in this season.
1: That's interesting. Now Gore's 21 for this season. So it certainly isn't like you're suppressing a 24 or 25 year old. Um, And just so everybody knows, you need to be, what did I say, Ty, six days into the season? I think it was six days or six games. And then um, that's essentially like your super two cut line where you can lose a year of player eligibility. So basically week one in fantasy, you shouldn't expect to see any of those types of dudes and then possibly early week two and into week three is when everybody's defense that needs to be improved upon. Like we've heard Joe Adele needs to work on his defense a little bit. Um, There's probably some other dudes that need to work on tying up their shoelaces or wearing a mask at a different time or something like that. Um, Sorry. Sorry, Jerry Lou didn't mean to bring up masks. I know that's sensitive for you. Um, Jerry Lou, of course, of the bomb squad podcast. Um, First guy for me, I'm going to say I'm squatting it right now. Okay. Adley Rushman is not playing MLB baseball this year. It is not worth it to Baltimore. I was almost going to say Ryan Mountcastle because I thought he might not, but it would just be so cruel if he missed an entire, well, I mean, whatever 2020 season, if you miss the entire 2020 MLB season, but Rushman has no benefit to Baltimore coming up this year. They also don't have pitchers that require um, the touch or the development that you want him to get that are up in that starting rotation. We discussed the, veteran laden injury riddled type rotation that Baltimore has penciled together. And I don't see Rushman coming up Ty,
2: I, I do think Rushman might be the kind of guy that goes to the ride on the 60 man squad. And yeah, just, that's it. That's all and he's going to do. Get some experience being around the other guys. Like I think that's what you'll get out of him. And I think a lot of the guys in our list here will be like that. So I'll go to another pitcher here and I'm going to Houston for this one. And That's force Whitley. I just think very similar to Rushman. He's going to be around the big league squad, the big league coaches. That's what he needs because the stuff's there. The caliber's there. He just needs a little refinement. I I think it would be far-fetched. And since the pitchers can't get in the game to hit this year and they can't get drilled by all the fastballs the position players are going to get hit by, um, I think the pitching corps should be fine with Whitley uh, on the sideline for this year.
1: All right. My next pick is a highly touted, usually, generally speaking, top prospect in baseball, Wander Franco, Tampa Bay, he will not see time this year. The arguments in January, February, and March were based on nothing other than he's a generational talent and all these things we heard about Vlad two years ago when he um, didn't get called up. It's the same situation. There's nothing Tampa Bay can gain unless, for some reason, they are decimated by injury, and that incredibly deep lineup that they have um, is, is just underperforming you're going to need both those things to happen. Cause you've got a guy like Mike Brousseau who came up last year and was a serviceable MLB player above average for what you would expect. And, and he came up and then they traded for, um, Oh my gosh, Toronto gave him glasses. Sogard. Oh, so went to T Bay and then he started to lose a little bit of time, but it didn't matter. Like it, it just didn't matter. He, he's a good ball player. And what I'm getting at is that Tampa Bay has a ton of infield talent, a ton of outfield talent, So they can move people around and bringing Wanda Franco and losing a year, which if you're saying, well, you know, after that first week, it's a year. That's, that's true. But you can also just say he was never in the game plan for 2020 and then you can suppress him all the way through to whatever that date is in 2021. And that's more likely because that's Tampa Bay race baseball right there. Um, They would really like to win, but they're not willing to actually go for it. And that's my opinion. If, if it changes and I'm wrong, I will be shocked, but it's not going to.
2: Absolutely. No, I'm (laughs) with you. I I don't think he's going to play. And I think partly because uh, Willie Damas is also going to make it hard for them to justify it. Like, I mean, talking about a guy that had a little bit of pop at the position is only getting better. Uh, I I think he's a forgotten man in Tampa Bay. Uh, And and
1: Vidal Brujan is another potential like rookie that could come up and be in front of Franco. Not for skill set, but in a development standpoint that might be the you know surprise Tampa Bay guy that comes up if there is one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And the last guy on my list is Dylan Carlson. Now, I'll admit this is probably the riskiest guy I have of the group. Uh, I don't think it's going to be for lack of talent or lack of um, him wanting to be on that roster or the, or the team even. I just think they have some depth problems in St. Louis in the outfield. They've got a whole bunch of guys, that they got to figure out what the heck they have. And Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader – Dexter Fowler, Tommy Edmund, Lane Thomas, like you've got a really long list of guys here that are already in that position. And yes, Edmund can slide into third and probably will do that, but it really depends on what Matt Carpenter does, right? If Matt Carpenter shows up and shows flashes of what he was before last season, I think you're going to have a real tough time justifying giving Dylan Carlson a significant amount of time. So uh, as much as he's probably the closest of my group, um, to crack in the squad. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that he doesn't play this season.
1: I, I can totally see that happening. Uh, I can also see St. Louis doing something wacky. Uh, we'll talk about another move that they made today. That's impacting things going on. And I think actually makes them a better team from the bullpen standpoint than I thought they were when we did the NL bullpen. So the final guy for me um, on zero MLB time is uh, Mr. Manning in Detroit, Matt Manning. I I don't think it's worth it to Detroit to bring him up. They have five to six possible MLB pitchers. And that's Tyler, is it Alexander? Um, I think is the other guy that I'm thinking of. I own him in one dynasty league and um, him and Fulmer could be piggybacking off each other, which could eventually just lead to a split if they needed it to. And again, it's the same thing as Baltimore. It, it's not worth it. This isn't their year. Like if they came out and were 20 and 10, for some reason, I, don't, I still don't know that you're going to do it, but you, you certainly, you don't want to hurt the players, but at the same time, MLB has proven over and over and over again. And the front offices do it too. It's a business. It's not about pushing the players. The odd time somebody gets promoted, like Juan Soto did, um, trying to think like Gavin Lux wasn't really like thrust into the limelight or anything, but uh, when guys just come up out of nowhere it's a surprise. It's not the expectation. So these are guys that, you know, we've now hit on six that you should be able to expect reasonably to come up and play, but we don't think they're going to see a, an at-bat or an inning
0: pitch.
2: Yeah, no. And I agree. And any number of things could happen this season to change some of this, but this is why we just want to throw out some of these thoughts because we, we have some strong understandings as to the way we think this is going to go um but crazier things have happened so that's our zero time let's let's get into um our breakout guys these are guys that everybody should kind of have an idea of but finally it's going to be their time um Robbie let's let you kick this one off here
1: all right so we've got three breakouts now I mentioned I got to see Seattle I've talked too much about Seattle I'm um absolutely A fan of DePoto, so I'm gonna kick it off and say Brad Keller, starting pitcher for Kansas City, (laughs) former rule five pick. We talked about him before. If you want to say he broke out in in 18, that's fair, Uh, he he came in. But I'm talking about instead of him being a peripheral SP4, SP5, kind of seen across the league, nibbling at the end of a top 100 list, I'm talking about him becoming a top 40. Starting pitcher for for this season. Now it looks like he's missing his first start or first opportunity to start, but he should still be within that regular rotation. But instead of being Kansas City's first starter, I think he's going to be their fourth. So, I I like Keller there. I think this short season is going to be a great platform for him because last year he was shut down. Uh, Ty talked about it before. He fatigued down the stretch, was left a little too long into some games, and this to me seems like the right time. And sometimes when players have Um, prospects or somebody else trying to take their job take their position knock them down in the ranks they can be elevated a little bit Keller's young enough guy he might actually see himself as part of the future in Kansas City and and I'm not saying that he's not but he might be like yeah of course I'm going to slot in with a bunch of these other you know ace type pitchers they've got I've got the stuff too and I can see this being a year that Keller kind of gets himself into SP1 on Kansas City range and overall within the league really elevates himself
2: yeah, no, I don't disagree there. Uh, I, the guy that I'm going to go first with is a guy that I've really been hyping the last couple of months. months uh, is Dustin May. This is a guy that I, I just really, really like the stuff. I think from all the pitching prospects in the game, I think he is one of the more underappreciated guys. I uh, don't really know why. I, I think his stuff is as crisp as anybody's. I think it comes from the same slots, and I, I just – he's the guy I'm – almost most excited about in the current pitching corps that are coming. So uh, Dustin May is one of my big guys that I think is going to jump out this season.
1: Do you happen to know Ty, if they've discussed anything in LA about what they're doing with the five at this moment?
2: No, I don't think so. Knowing the Dodgers, they'll roll with like nine and they'll call (laughs) them something like, you know, like you just can't predict them. He's not currently listed on a lot of the depth charts, right? They still have, Stripling and Wood in the back end. And I do think okay. Stripling is going to be one of the five. I, this is totally on the basis that I don't think Alex Wood is going to be a starter this season. So that's really where this is coming from. I, I think they're either going to go with six guys, which is possible, or I think they're going to you know, slide Wood into the bullpen eventually.
1: Okay. And realistically it is, it's, it's 10 to 12 starts. That's what everybody should expect from their SPs this year. So if you're thinking May might be more in the eight to 10 range, well, that, that's fine because that gives you know a, an, enough time for things to work themselves out within that Dodger rotation, which just seems to happen. So uh, my next guy, I am going west. I am h- heading up the leadoff hitter for the Seattle Mariners, Shed Long. Um, it, it's going to sound like you're hitting repeat and you're on a previous episode, but Seattle's got talent, and this is one of the guys that I think can really up the runs. He has the potential and the ability to steal bags if Seattle wants to let him be a little loose on the bases. If the guys hitting behind him are doing their job, he's going to get a lot of runs in. Um, and depending on what's up with the back end of their lineup, too, he could also be driving in a few runs because he's got the ability to hit the ball. It's not that Shedlong is like a bunt and sprint to first base guy. Um, he's a baseball player and he's going to be perfectly fine at second base. And from what I've seen of Shedlong, he is a very comfortable uh, at the at the big league level it's just a matter of getting him reps so i like it like him as a solid breakout
2: i'm going to go to my least favorite position on the planet and i was very hesitant about him i was hopeful rob and i exchanged some texts last night about him um I, we both want him to succeed cuz he looks like he has the pieces last night solidified it for me and that's Danny Jansen in Toronto I was watching the game uh, in in Boston last night, and I think he went one for three, maybe. Um, but he hit three laser beams, and it was quick to the ball, and very different from the big long swing that he had last season. So, I, I like it. I think I said it to Rob last night. I think they're they broke him down, and kept it simple. He's putting barrel on ball, and then I think they're going to add the power back. So, I, I think you might see 15 home runs from from Danny Jansen. In the future, I don't think you're going to see it in a 60 game season. Um, but I do think that you're going to see the batting average tick up this year, which is the big concern with Danny Jansen. Nobody really had any questions about the rest of it, but he had a sneaky RBI campaign last year, considering the batting average. Um, I think there's enough here uh, for him to build off of that. So I think this is a great opportunity as the Jays spend, what looks like going to be eternity on the road. Uh, Danny Jansen's a guy to watch.
1: It will be interesting to see. And it, Heading into the offseason, it looked like it could have been almost a 50, 50 split between him and Reese McGuire. Now what actually happened in spring training that did or did not change that, I think was completely overshadowed by what happened with COVID. Also what happened with Reese McGuire in a van um, because he was arrested and charged for uh, public masturbation or whatever it was, but it just really kind of like said, okay, so it's Jansen or boss now. And I think unfortunately for Reese McGuire, he's going to have a bit of trouble, um, you know, zipping his pants up out of that one. So final guy for me, again, Seattle, I apologize everybody. There's a lot of talent in Seattle that I really like. Kyle Lewis, if you don't, if, if, Ty can't argue this, okay? He had four summer camp home runs. That's, that is elite um, spring training, summer camp results, okay? So Ty, I know you're not allowed to say something negative now that I've, I've been on your side. I went with vanity stats, okay? Uh, I'm a fan of vanity stats. I like Van- Vanity pick- metrics. Vanity
2: oh, I'm metrics. so sorry.
1: I'm so sorry. Vanity- <laughs> well, the shirts haven't arrived yet. I know, right? Uh, um, but yeah, I, I really think Kyle Lewis is going to, again, like Shedlong, walk in. He's got a position. He needs the experience. And when he came up last year, everybody was happy that, oh, he's healthy. You know, he's, he's going to be able to play. No one's doubted his ability. It's been his ability to stay healthy. And if you're in dynasty leagues, now's a great time to inquire and just say, yeah, like he had a great summer camp. I did it today. I I went to somebody and I said, you got outfielders. I'm looking for outfielders. Um, You know, the guy had a bunch, even Cespedes. And I was like, I he's probably not going to move Cespedes because who knows what he's going to be. But I think Kyle Lewis is a real safe bet. We mentioned it on Twitter. We've got him ranked number 25 in, our mixed ranking for top 50 prospects over the next five years, as far as outputs going um, we might now at 25, by the time this season's over, he could very well be on his way to a top 10 in that category. Cause it just looks like he's ready. It's his time.
2: Yeah. No, I, I like Kyle Lewis as well. Uh, which brings me to my last guy jumping into the uh, unwelcoming Ky- confines of Pittsburgh uh, Jose Azuna is going to be my guy. I think he's primed for a breakout. I, I think it's going to be a little more unnoticed because Pittsburgh sucks. Um, but I think ultimately this is a guy that is really going to jump off of um, the radar a little bit. And, and really, I think the big thing here is the addition of the DH in the NL. Because I think if you didn't have that, he wouldn't get the reps needed to break out. But I think given the circumstances that they're going to be playing this year, you're going to see a lot more Jose Azuna this year.
1: I like that pick a little, a little different from the rest. And, and that's, that's a good thing here. So Ty, do you want to go to something fun and exciting? Like who's going to win the world series? Do you want to talk about who's going to be the best player? Do you want to talk about who's going to be the best pitcher? Where do you want to go here?
2: I I like going to uh, let's go for MVP and then follow that up with the world series champs.
1: Okay, so my AL MVP is the consummate professional, the man amongst men who just has the stat line and never gets the credit. And I think this could be the year he signed the a big offseason deal, and that is Anthony Rendon slotting in at third base with that Los Angeles Angels lineup that could be absolutely electric. I love the idea of him getting a ton of runs, a ton of RBIs, having a really high average and being on a playoff team, which my God, wouldn't that be great for Mike Trout? However, it's not going to be Mike Trout that is the driving force. It will be the addition of Rendon, or Rendon, and I am all for that.
2: Yeah, no, and I completely agree. Rendon is is a great guy. I do, however, disagree with him being super uber successful when he crossed leagues. I've never been a fan of free agents making huge splashes in the other league. Um, that, that's my only concern with Rendon. I like him as a player. I think he's very talented. I think if he stayed on the NL side, I think he had a better shot at this award, in my opinion. But um, I am going to stay in LA, and I'm going to go with the obvious choice in Mike Trout. And the big reason here is just because that lineup did get better with Rendon in it. The addition of some other guys, which we'll talk about later uh, as well, are going to help this. And the attention on Trout, has to dissipate a little bit because there's so many guys in that lineup that can hurt you. So, I mean, Trout's great without protection. Imagine him with a little bit of protection. Like, he's just, he's he's going to be <clears throat> unbelievable. And I think we're going to see his best per a bat season this year.
1: I would love to see um, Pujols be useful. And if that means he's drawn walks and, and batting seventh or something, that would be fine. But if he's up 4-5 or five in that lineup, it's, it's going to affect things in a negative light for a period of time. Now, hopefully he doesn't get hurt because it, it would be terrible if this continued to happen to him. But there are other options in L.A. Um, somebody that I'm going to be talking about in our special category, I think, might be my guy that could really be a key to that success. But one thing, Ty, just to counter your point of when a guy switches leagues, the fun of the schedule in the COVID season is that he will be playing a bunch of NL West teams. So he is going to see some similarities that normally he wouldn't have. Now, I'm not saying that's what I thought of. Obviously, (laughs) I didn't think of that until right now. I just thought he was good at baseball. Um, So in the NL, my MVP is going to be no surprise to fantasy players. I'm going to take Ronald Acuna. I don't talk about him a lot. I think Ty and I realized recently we don't talk about – the best players in baseball a lot because there's no need they are the best players in baseball dynasty leagues everybody knows that we know who the best guys are we're always talking about who could be up in and around that upper echelon and for me it's acquisition costs and for ty it's however many different vanity metrics they meet um including of course peds which that's an automatic (laughs) bump if they're if they're getting the bump then they also get a bump i mean Uh,
2: Akunia doesn't run the bases. I mean, that's a deal breaker. Oh, come on. Yeah, that's a deal breaker.
1: Uh, I can't wait until you talk about you're not running the bases <laughs> MVP <laughs> candidate then, Ty. Well, we all know what Acuna can do. K's can be really high. Uh, he might not be the MVP in your league if he's Kane 100 times this year, but it it certainly doesn't mean that he's not going to you know whatever, steal 20 bags in a 60-game
2: season. Acuna is fun to watch, and I think this guy falls into a ser- similar bravado as Acuna. My guy is... The notorious Bryce Harper. I think I, I liked him moving to Philly. I still like him in Philly. I think that Philly team got better this off season, especially on the offensive side. So from an, yeah. I love the DD acquisition that I'm a huge fan of that move for them. Um, but I think that's going to help Harper. And I think Reese Hoskins getting another year on her belt is going to be helpful. And everybody forgot about Andrew McCutcheon. So You know, if like that, everyone's forgetting about him. You had Kingery taking a step forward. All of a sudden that team is, is maybe as good as the Yankees offensively. And that's saying a lot. So, um, you know, it really is, is one of those things where Harper has all the right tools to be the MVP. And I think for the first time in a couple of years, he's going to have the right protection to let him use those skills. So I, I think Harper is on a rocket ship right now.
1: All right. And, um, I believe Ty, if you want to talk about your world series champ, we could just ride right off of that. So, yeah,
2: I agree. And and I think this, this one comes with a very important caveat for me. I, I think the Philadelphia Phillies are going to win the world series in the shortened season. And it comes with one very important piece. They will acquire a key starting pitcher at some point this season. And I think that has to happen. Um, It might cost them somebody good out of their system. And they only have a couple of those, so I was gonna uh, say
1: it can't be Alec if he's up playing third base if Kingry or somebody gets hurt. Well, but
2: if if you recall a couple episodes ago, I did make the call about Kluber to Philly. I still feel strongly about that move, wow. uh, and and I think that's that's the right move if they can find a way to get that deal done. I like Philly. They don't have to get Kluber, but they need somebody high end. Uh, your your guy in Pittsburgh that you'd love to talk about um, is a guy that could be on that option. the Uh, the nl cy young award winner potentially yes (laughs) uh so so we'll get back to that but i I like philly and i think they're going to beat the oakland athletics in the finals
1: yeah i I will not say oakland won't be there (laughs) because you can't it's the the dumbest thing to do is to say oakland's going to be terrible this year however i see it going um much differently so i have washington coming in as the runner-up i love their rotation i think it's just going to be so darn good. When people are talking about, you know, the best 15 pitchers and things like that. I, I mean, Patrick Corbin's had a bit of a velo dip, um, but that doesn't mean it's not going to just go away like it does with Zach Ranke and maybe spring training or summer camp, whatever you want to call it. They're just not pumping it full bore because they don't need to. They're not trying to earn a spot. They're not trying to be SP two or whatever. They are what they are. So I think Patrick Corbin's going to be great. I think, Uh, if Scherzer can be healthy and like a shortened season for some of these veteran aces is an awesome thing for them. Um, And, and that can be a big thing for, and, and Strasburg, Strasburg's coming off his career year and he gets to go into a shortened season. That's great. You know, like I'm very happy with that, but they are not going to be able to get by the powerhouse Minnesota twins. And I did mention in the last episode that it looked like everybody on the twins last year had career offensive numbers. That's fine. I think they have the best rotation depth in baseball this year. Yes, the Dodgers have options um, and there are two or three other teams. I think have seven legit guys, but legit meaning they can start not that they can make your team better. And, you know, Homer Bailey will not win you a, or hopefully <laughs> will not win you a world series game. Um, but Rich Hill certainly can. And, and Rich Hill is somebody who is maybe going to come on later this year. Michael Pineda, maybe can michael is a good pitcher um but they also have you know Barrios. there are guys there that can get things done and we talked about the strengths of the bullpen we know the lineup is deep obviously the worst thing that can happen to any team that we think is in contention is they end up with a COVID outbreak and then a, a certain number of players four or five whatever it could be goes out and then that team could be lost but if things just roll as they are this is this is a pretty likely scenario for me is that you're going to see Washington beat up on the two weaker teams. And I'm including the Jays and Orioles on the AL East side, uh, the Jays. I just don't like the idea of not having a home uh, where you normally would be. And the fact that now it doesn't look like the home they had picked out as Pittsburgh is going to work um, because Floridians can't keep themselves from getting infected. And now um PA doesn't look like they're gonna permit Tampa Bay, which I guess would extend to Miami also to come in for games. So I don't know what they're gonna do there. But um but they won't
2: play Miami and Pittsburgh.
1: That there's no there's no other division in that. No, it's oh, okay, Amos so it's, it's an AL Central, yeah. Oh okay. I wasn't sure if there was any, so it's just that the two whatever, East or whatever they're playing. Okay. Yep. Um yeah, so you know, it's an interesting interesting mix there. But yeah, with Toronto I'm I'm just not sold on it. So I, I really do feel that that Washington going to be able to beat up on four teams. Cause they're going to have Miami. Um, and, uh, Oh my gosh. Who's like the, the a- Met,
2: Mets in Atlanta. Met,
1: thank you. Mets is who I was thinking was the other, um, weaker team that would be somebody that they can, they can have a good record against, which I think last year they crushed the Mets. If I'm well, I think the mistaken. Mets are
2: going to be sneaky, good. Like they're my Boston Red Sox of the NL. I think they're yeah. underappreciated. Uh, I think that pitching staff's better than people think. I think people are forgetting about Matts, and I think that bullpen's better than people think.
1: Inter- well, I also, the same thing with Minnesota, beating up on weaker teams. I think they're going yeah. to, th- you know, they got Casey, and they've, they've got um, Detroit. Detroit in their own division. Yep. Exactly, and you don't know exactly how good Chicago is going to be. And then Cleveland, like we talked about it, the, the, we're not sure what that's going to be in Cleveland. And, and then you've got Central with Pittsburgh. Um, and, I mean, you know. I really whatever, don't
2: mind so. Minnesota. I just wanted to go off the board and pick Philly. I'm I sure. like,
1: no, I, I certainly like the pick. Like, it's just yeah. that it's not going to happen. But um, <laughs> who do you want to go to next? <laughs> or what <laughs> category? Let's,
2: let's go to the Cy Youngs because we, we hinted at it. Why don't you lead off with your NL Cy Young since you have people on the edge of their seat?
1: NL Cy Young people, uh, former Blue Jay, Joe Musgrove. <laughs> and if you, if you don't believe me, just go on Twitter and type <laughs> in fantasy baseball. And with, within one minute, you will find three different guys. I have no idea the credentials cause it's everywhere. Everyone loves Joe Musgrove. I'm pretty sure they all loved him in 2018 also. And then 2019, they loved him and 2020, everybody loves Joe Musgrove. So I am just taking the industry consensus and the bold predictions that are flying out there right now. Joe Musgrove is amazing. We just don't know it. So I'm taking him. I'm saying, you know what? I'm at the top of the Joe Musgrove Mountain. I have zero shares of him. I will not acquire him. If somebody offered him to me, I would not be interested. But he will be the NL Cy Young. Thank you, fantasy baseball analysts, for helping me. Ty, who you got?
2: I can't I should have let you go last. Jeez, I didn't know you were gonna grandstand <laughs> like that. <Yeah. laughs> so, so I'm gonna stay NL here and, and my guy, I'm going back to the well here. This is my guy. Uh, Clayton Kershaw. I have loved Kershaw from day one of his MLB career. I think he's going to fit that category we talked about Kluber earlier this episode. We've talked about him previously, being a guy that's going to benefit from a the shortened season and b the extra rest leading into this season. So I think Kershaw's a guy that has started to show some wear and tear just over that. I think this will be really, really good for him because 12
1: starts. That's all he needs. Twelve straight starts
2: you try to show me a guy that has better stuff in major league baseball and, and I don't know that you can find it. Um, I really think the extra time is going to benefit Kershaw here. So um, you might see a small dip in the K per nine with Kershaw over the back half of his career, but he's got enough stuff that goes down to get the ball on the ground or weak pop-ups. So I I really like Kershaw, especially in in what's going to be a really awkward season for hitters.
1: Yeah. And and again, we don't know what the LA lineup, uh, sorry, pitching um, rotation is going to look like. But it, it could be really, you know, righty-lefty, righty-lefty. The batters could always be trying to make adjustments and lineups could constantly be changing. And then Kershaw can just eat guys alive. Um, right. So AL, I went with a pretty straightforward one for me. Uh, this is just the Yankees doing what the Yankees do. And J.A. hap No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Cole is going gonna, is gonna to take this one. Uh, he just seems so, so gosh darn comfortable as a Yankee and I'm not looking forward to it over the long haul. I did pick him up in a few spots. I, I do have Gary Cole in, a, in three leagues, I think of the seven that I've got right now that are going maybe in four even. Um, and, and there's a reason I just, I, I think he just pitches like whatever it was that wasn't working in Pittsburgh, Houston corrected it. And even at the end after the World Series, when he said something like, you know, do I still have to answer questions? I'm a free agent now. Uh, like all that stuff, like this is, this is just a talented guy who doesn't give a damn. So I think he's going to go into New York and you don't have to worry about the crowds yelling at you. So if he's not doing well right off the hop, he's going to get to rebound. You know, it's not going to be the booze and all those things. So I think this is just going to be a lights out year for Garrett Cole. And unfortunately, I think it'll be one for the Yankees as a team.
2: I, I don't necessarily disagree. My concern with a guy like Cole is that he gets all that money. He fits the mold of the kind of guy that could disappear in the back of his, a half of his career now that he's been paid. So I, I don't want to throw that kind of shade at him, but that's you my just concern. You just did. Well, no, I tossed <laughs> toss it in his direction, not directly at him. Um, but I'm going to go with a guy that I think has been underappreciated the last two seasons. And I think you kind of alluded to it with your World Series pick. The team around him is going to be very good. I'm going with Jose Barrios here. This is a guy that I've loved his stuff for years. Uh, I I think he's going to benefit from some of the stuff you talked about with Cole. The team is going to be very good. I think he's going to have a positive record, which when you have something and O and it's near the high end of the league, you're an automatic consideration for Cy Young. So if I'm betting on that alone, uh, Barrios is a guy that I want to throw into the ring. I just think the strikeout numbers have been getting right where they need to be for this award to, to at least finally be pointed in his direction. So I, I think everything is, is culminating for him to take this trophy this year.
1: I like that Ty. I'm just going to enter in a couple of fun guest categories for us at the very end here. Okay. Um, things that are going to be stat based, not player player based. So okay. um, yeah, so, so we can just kind of say, cause it's 60 games. So it's, you know, 12 starts, what's going to happen here. Uh, where, where are we going next here?
2: Let's, let's go to the, uh, the top RPs for this season. Uh, I think this is a category that is going to be super valuable this year. And, um, you know, we went through the, the relief pitchers the last couple episodes. So let's go and pick your top two. Uh, I'll lead off on this one, Robbie. I'm going to stay in Minnesota here uh, because they've got, as Robbie alluded to, I think the best pitching setup in baseball right now for this format that they're entering into. Um, One of those big pieces on the back end of the bullpen is Trevor May failed starter turned stud reliever. He just has everything I want to see from a big arm in the back end of the bullpen. So Trevor May is a guy that I like power arm. And, you know, just again, given all the success that Minnesota should have this season, he's going to get a benefit from that uh, being constantly thrust into good situations.
1: I think that's very fair. I think the opportunity with the, the, teammates and that's the same reason why I picked Kirby Yates Um, I've been looking more at Pierce Johnson who I think last year 67 innings in KBO 91 K's the the guy just I think by the end of the season is going to end up being the eighth inning guy and possibly like an heir apparent type situation for him because he's on a two-year deal in San Diego now obviously could blow up maybe he's not able to get the guys out at this level but I think he will be and I think part of the team's success will end up being, to Kirby Yates' credit, because he can get it done. And two years now, Kirby Yates has been a good closer. He's going to get more opportunities now. And San Diego, who hopefully will have 31 wins this year, so they can, or, or 30, just they can be a 500 team. First time in umpteen years they'll be able to do it. I can see Yates being part of that with the um, you know, upper teens and saves. We'll, we'll, get, we'll talk about the, that category when we get into fun guests. So well, that's my and- number one.
2: And the other part is, too, if I recall correctly, he's on a free agent season, too, right? So uh, I think I think, if, so I think it's
1: 31. So that makes sense.
2: Yeah. So I think if he's not or if the team's not successful this year, he's got to go. So he's going to be one of those relievers on the watch list here as we get into August. But uh, I'm going to go over and I'm going to stay on the West Coast here for my other guy. Uh, this is a guy we talked about multiple times last season uh, as a guy we loved after seeing him with the pit stop in Toronto. Now the Uh, parent closer in Oakland and that's Liam Hendricks just a very underappreciated arm again I've got Oakland being my World Series pick for the AL so naturally the back end of that bullpen should be fairly good I just think he has all the right makeup he's very even keel Uh, I like Liam Hendricks to be a top reliever this season
1: I like that pick. I've got, I I guess this is going to be the only off the board pick really on, on the reliever side. Uh, Quang Hung Kim, uh, that is the St. Louis Cardinals supposed to be SP five, but Carlos Martinez, uh, he still believes in himself for some reason. So, um, and I know, I know it's easy to say that Kmart is a perfectly fine pitcher, but for my argument's sake here, we're, we're taking a really good starting pitcher and putting him in the pen. And it's a pen that has injuries off the at, at the back end and it's going to allow him to come in. So it was reported just two days ago that Kim is moving to the bullpen and it looks as though he's going to become the primary closer. So out of the gate, he's going to be there now. Um, what are the positives here? In the KBO, he had a 251 ERA, a 1.24 whip, 180 Ks across 190 innings last season. So let's just say we're cutting everything um, you know, by 75% here. So, and I mean, he's not going to have 45 innings, but um, we could definitely see an increase in K's. The whip, I'm sure, coming in to a clean inning, which we're probably going to see every time for him, is going to help him to be able to keep guys off. We're not going to see um, his need to walk players, I think, because people don't know him in the 60 game season. We've, we saw it with May, uh, Kenta Maeda He had a really good start, really good, like all star break his first year. Things were looking great. I remember trading him for Trevor Story in a league. Thanks, Smitty. Um, and it it happens, right? They get that first look. People are a little, you know, adjustment period, a little confused as to how to read the guy. Well, by the time they sort it out or when they get close to it, season's over, you know, season's over. And Kim has led St. Louis into the playoffs and surprised everybody. And I love it. I love that, that idea. It's It's like the only move that was a guy who shouldn't be in there. Shun Yamaguchi would be another guy who like could easily be a starter. It's just the level of success after watching Kikuchi last year. I'm really comfortable having Kim go to the bullpen for his first season over.
2: Yeah, no, I, and I don't disagree either. I I like that move. So that's two, two guys from each side that we like uh, in the uh, reliever category. So let's get into the fun stuff. Let's do rookie of the year Hmm. here. This is uh, guys that we think are going to separate themselves from the pack. Take home that title. Robbie, I know you're dying to talk about your guy. So talk about the NL rookie of the year first. Um, <laughs> and go.
1: Carter Kibum. Carter Kibum, everybody. He came up. It was disappointing. People were out. And I was in. I said, yes, give me, give me some. And then Washington went off, when a World Series run down, left, third bases, open, uh, as Dribble Cabrera signs, and now they're saying he's going to platoon with Carter Keeboom. Well, that's what you say to a guy, Ty. You, you say that to him. You say, we're going we're to platoon you, and then you're not going to get all the at-bats. But you know what? You know what? They're going to give it all to him. You know why? Because he's going to come out of the gate, and he's going to hit. And he's going to play good defense, and life will be grand. And that's going to be one of the big reasons why Washington is in the World Series. And I am emphasizing every fifth word. Keeboom,
2: who do you got? So funny enough, I <laughs> almost picked Kyra Kiboom to be one of my busts in our next category. I was very close. Oh my god! Uh, so the uh, end I'll of
1: leave, the podcast.
2: I'll leave that <laughs> one there, but I did not select him. So I just wanted to make honorable mention there. I on the NL side, I'm going to go with the minor league leading home run leader from last season as uh, Kevin Cron. I I think uh, as much as what's his face had a, a Christian Walker had a reasonable season last year i just think there's too much power in the bat here and really the piece that unlocked it all is the fact that they added the dh to the nl which i talked about earlier
1: was it november was it january because i remember you mentioned it and we both were like that's one of the reasons like you get that dh all of a sudden kevin cron is an mlb player and obviously as you believe the best rookie
2: Yep, And if you head over to the internet, you can order the dingers crystal ball for just $19.99. <laughs> uh, so, sorry. Uh, no, Kevin Cron is a guy that can mash. And, you know, he even did it at the major league level last year with a cup of coffee. So I, I think the sky is the limit here and the ball flies in Arizona. So again, we talked about it. Arizona is going to be sneaky. Good. They always are. And I think Kevin Cron is going to be a part of that. So I like him for a rookie year this year.
1: Do I get to do it
2: now? You do. You get to talk about your AL Rookie of the Year, which I know you love this guy. I will say this. He is also my favorite player in MLB The Show.
1: He is batted
2: He is currently batting 550. For Are me, you playing
1: honestly. as the White Sox in MLB? Because you've mentioned Copac before.
2: No. So I, no, I get cards that I can buy. And so Madrigal is dirt cheap in terms of whatever you call the online currency that you use. I don't even know what it's called. But um, I bought Madrigal because he was affordable and i needed a contact hitter to, to be near the top of my lineup ironically he's batting sixth um
1: <laughs> you can't control that
2: no but it works really great because he can also bunt really well and he's fast so i either hit lasers right back by the pitcher's ear or I bunt in in inappropriate situations to piss off the guy i'm playing online oh um,
1: that's the best
2: <laughs> yeah so it's it's naturally a perfect fit for me because i like to instigate but uh, I am a fan also.
1: Okay. So Nick magical, if you didn't pick up everybody, um, the dinger potential for a podcast named dingers for the uh, the guy that loves them so much, he is not a dinger magnet and that's fine. Uh, I could see one this year and you know what? I don't care. I don't need him to get that category for me. Cause I've got eight other guys who will be able to do it and keep me competitive, whether it's over the 60 game season, whether it's over 162 game season for years to come, or whether it's weekly in my leagues, because he is going to kick butt stolen bases. He is going to be able to get RBIs if the White Sox have a good lineup top to bottom, because he's going to be leading off and getting a ton of runs. He will not be striking out and he could be a, 320 plus average guy, and that could be slapping singles, that could be hard doubles, and that could be legging out and getting into triple territory where we could see upwards of 10 to 15 triples, even. But he's not going to have the home runs that everybody wants. But it doesn't mean he's not getting good contact. He is an awesome hitter, and it, to me, he is. Everybody is hyping up, you know, Wander Franco for all these things that Franco can do and grow into. Nick Madrigal ready to go. Like I could see him coming up the midpoint of the second week, you know, two days after the deadline has passed um, because Louis Garcia gets cut. Like yeah. I, I could just see, like not that he's going to, but I can just see the scenario being, they're just going to cut somebody and he's up and he's on and he's leading off and, or he, or he's ninth for a week or whatever. And then they move him to the top of the lineup where he's supposed to be and just lights out wire to wire. Like yeah. Nick Madrigal to me is a locked and loaded guy. Again, when we get into deep draft stuff, we always talk about college bats, um, you know, having a way higher success rate, but t- they talk about the superstars being the high school guys. Well, this is a college superstar. You talk about Spencer yeah. Torkelson being a potential superstar, Adley Rushman being a potential, well, you know, Nick Magical's in that class well, just and doesn't thing, have the power.
2: And the thing that I really like as well too, is I think it forces Yan Makata into the two hole where he belongs. And instead of them trying to make him a leadoff hitter for some reason, um and i think he sets the table so i i think the white Sox need it but i'm gonna go over to my al rookie of the year and we have the perfect intro for this character
0: hello it's me
2: that's right it's joe Adele, ladies and gentlemen he's going to be your <laughs> al rookie of the year this guy is packed with talent and they keep telling him that he can't play defense And that's because they need to justify paying Justin Upton a lot of money still. (laughs) Um, So, so that is the only reason they're not hyping Joe Adele just yet. Uh, They cannot keep him quiet any longer and he is going to force their hand this season.
1: Yeah. The one interesting thing with Adele is that he doesn't have a triple a home base to be crushing to really like, you know, amp up the fact that he needs a call up. It's just going to be like, okay, um service time has been adequately manipulated so who has a fingernail that's hanging that we can you know move something with um and and that's all it's going to be right like it's going to be it's like a chris bryant situation the guy was ready to go last year he's ready to go day one here now gavin Lux was a surprise guy neither of us have on the list and that's fine um he was not are you sent down he's just not on the dodgers 30 man which was a big surprise a lot of um redraft people a ton of industry people for tgfbi and other money leagues big money leagues were pissed because gavin lux was going in and around 120 i think um through nfbc so that's inside your top 10 rounds and he's tostados um That's, that's what happens in the shortened season. That's what happens with service time manipulation. You're taking, was it Edwin Rios is a guy that the Dodgers look to be taking as a potential first base DH type over Gavin Lux. Um, This is one of the things when you have a ton of infield depth. Also, Justin Turner, Corey Seager, um, Max Muncy. That's, that's like your, you know, core infield. I'm, I'm sure I've got to be missing too. Like Matt Beattie could very well be on that list. Edwin Rios, obviously Cody Bellinger is you know, outfield first base there's, or center field. There's, there's bodies with the Dodgers and to move Gavin Lux down, interesting. Something happened, but he's not on our list for that. Corey,
2: Corey Seager is my NL MVP runner up.
1: Oh, oh. did you have honorable mention? <laughs> no, um, no, I
2: didn't. I just think he's going to have a huge year.
1: So we don't want to be overly negative. So we'll make this part, I guess, quick who will be a couple of bust Hi, And if you need to build them up, I know I need to build up one of my busts because everybody yeah. else did. So well, do you want to throw a bus? I'm going to
2: go uh, with one of the guys that you see on the MLB TV commercials way too often, way too a- often. And that's Ramon Laureano with the throw to the first base. I've seen it way too many freaking times. Um, and between that one and the overthrow of Justin smoke, looking like an idiot running the base paths, um, it's just Ramon Lariano is a guy that I'm not saying he's not going to be service serviceable center fielder, but I have seen him ranked way too high in fantasy line, like lists everywhere. He's, he's good, not great. And he's being catered to be great. So if you're buying him early, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, If you're buying him late, then you got a little lucky because that's where he belongs.
1: Yeah. Dynasty leagues. He wasn't a valuable rookie so you probably didn't have to worry hard or sorry um work hard to acquire him up until uh 2019 because after 2018 he had broken in and I had him in one league where I dealt him and I thought okay good I avoided this uh, potential trap and then last year you know things looked good so everybody was all excited like he's going to be a 35 home run da 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 I'm with you I'm I'm not on the um Ramon Laureano train and I am also getting off of the Mike Clevenger train toot toot this is my stop mr conductor uh i i don't know that we can count on cleveland's defense being absolutely amazing i don't know that we can count on mike clevenger doing everything that everybody expects clevenger to do so i'm just going to say he's going to be a bust for this year 60 games uh If if you're getting sick, you're missing roughly two – Not sick, not with COVID, sorry. If you're getting injured, roughly two starts you're going to miss. That's going to be a lot of time this year. Clevenger was a highly drafted guy. Even at the start of the year, when it looked like he was going to miss time, we don't know if he's actually fully recovered and ready to go and ready to throw 75, 80 pitches week one. So I'm out on Clevenger. But fortunately, I think I only have one share of him.
2: See, I love Clevenger. I can't give up on him that easy, but I, I appreciate the context. Uh, the guy that I'm, I'm going to go, and this is definitely going to rock the boat for sure, uh, is George Springer, is a guy that I think he's going to be a bit of a bust this season. Uh, career year last year, uh, there's, again, similar to Laureano, like, you know, good player. Uh, I would say Springer comes in ahead of Laureano, but again, also going to be a bit of a, a bust given that the drum is not working for him this season. Yeah. Sorry. I'm trying to find there.
1: I've got some, hold on (laughs) curveball. That's the closest to, I have to hitting rubber. Sorry. (laughs) I've got a rubber made bin and I'm trying to hit it like a, like an Astro player.
2: (laughs) And and I think the thing that is, is going to have the best contact rate in Houston is going to be the left shoulders of the (laughs) right-handed. And so I think Springer is going to get a ton of those. Uh, I just think he has a a history of strikeout numbers. I think you take away the the advantages that they had as a team. And I think he comes back down to earth. Is he going to disappear off of the fantasy radar? By no means will that be the case. But is he going to drop down the the rankings? I think so, for sure. Of all the guys in Houston, I think he's the most vulnerable to fall from the sky. Um, So keep an eye on Springer um he still still provides a really good value as a center fielder just maybe less so as a fantasy ball player
1: and and again like to your point ty it's going to be hard to get rbis when you just get hit by pitch so yeah um however much it does happen i think we saw a couple of astros get plunked the other night by the same pitcher but it was allegedly some control issues that he may or may not have been having so my other disappointment is somebody that i've got to work a little bit harder on so Uh, This is a little tip of the cap to tie with the spring training stats here. Eyes are kind of Falifa, Texas Rangers, um, catcher eligible, but looks like he's going to be the starting third baseman. Um, He's got a reworked swing. Things are looking good, hard contact. Um, No, everyone, no. I I saw it in TGFBI, people rushing uh, to go and pick him up everywhere. Don't do it. This is the flash in the pan. You you want him to do this in April and into May in actual baseball. You don't want to see it in February and into March. So you need to take a pause on him. And in the 60-game flash of a season, in dynasty mode, I'm still not going up and picking him. I dropped him, I think, in February this past year, January, February, at a penalty to myself in a salary cap league for the next three years because I didn't want to be bought. Ball- I think that's exactly what's going to happen because if he doesn't come up and hit, they do have options in Texas. Nick Solak is going to be needing to play baseball. Um, Damn it! Who's the old guy that they've got from the Mets? Never goes away. Good. It's supposed to be their third baseman, first baseman. Um,
2: Oh, Todd Frazier. Todd Frazier. Thank you. Todd Father.
1: Yeah, the Todd Father. Uh, And you know they've they've got Ronald Guzman. There are guys there, so that if he does not, yeah,
2: it's
1: it's not a it's not a team that's going to let uh kinder falifa develop because he's had time to do that and hasn't done it. So yeah. catcher syndrome, everybody's excited. Evan Gaddis is the next greatest thing because he's got catcher eligibility, right? He's a first baseman that can do this. And now Kinder Falif is a third baseman that can do this. But you know who is the guy to do that tie? It's Austin Nolan. I'm not allowed to talk about him, but he's got catcher <laughs> first base, second base, so the league on. setup.
2: Yeah, we're going we're moving on. Yeah. So is it pronounced Kinder or Kinder?
1: Uh it autocorrected me twice to kinder but i believe it's k-i-n-e-r oh so it's kinder yeah the the d because i complain like that's why so just so everybody knows i wrote it down in a sheet we're sharing um and i have kinder falifa f-a capital
2: l i just wanted to make sure i was not permitted to use the kinder surprise joke um so apparently i am not allowed to do that so moving on uh let's let's finish up here Uh, with our sleeper categories here Robbie Uh, who is your deep deep diamond in the rough guy that you think is going to be uh, the sleeper for this season
1: okay so my honorable mentions are Pierce Johnson because I mentioned him already with honor and also an honorable mention is Kwon Hung Kim St. Louis Blues now closer I just said Blues Um, that's just growing up it was (laughs) hockey Uh, St. Louis Cardinals so I, I'm actually going with Matty Theus, the first base, third base slugger, who is out with the angels. You're shaking your head, Ty. I hope that was your guy. That would have been great last year. So he still got rookie eligibility, I believe. Uh, let me just quadruple check. That is correct. He had 147 ABs last year. That's the right time to pick, pick up your rookies people right before you get a full Well, It's not gonna be a full season, but you'll get all 60 games with them for next year. So. Um, Last year, he still got eight dingers, 23 RBIs, 17 runs with a crappy 211 batting average, but the OPS um, just over 700, 714. But this is the scenario that plays out, okay? Everybody, close your eyes. Unless you're driving, then just close the one eye um, and get into the right lane. The Angels are pushing, and Pujols is just not doing it, and, and Matty Theus is getting opportunities, and he's, he's doing his thing. You know, he's batting somewhere around 250, 257 is what the crystal ball sees, and the OPS is somewhere around 830. Now, we need to see the dinger count come up. We need to see the at-bats exceed 150 this year, but I can basically look at his stat line here of eight eight dingers and 147 at-bats, and I can say, make, let's make that 13. RBIs, I can give him 30. Runs, I can give him 30. Stolen bases, still not. He's That's not his thing. But the average, I can bump it up 40 points to 251, and the OPS, I can give 100 bumps up to 814 to finish the season, that is a sleeper guy. That's a guy on a successful team that's just going to collect stats in a season in which you need them. And we talked about it before. You get guys that are 80 to 100 range for, for counting stats, RBIs, runs, and things. Well, this season, let's just go 30 or more. So if you're talking 30 or more things, I think Matty Theus can, can get you two of those categories. Two, if you're in a five-category um, league, that's awesome because you're getting them for nothing. He's probably still on the waiver wire in 15-team leagues. He's available. I picked him up in a 20-team keep forever dynasty uh, in the offseason where you cut down rosters. So I picked him up in like the seventh round of our draft because I was waiting desperately to take him or um, a Kansas City guy, if you don't mention him, Ty, I will, after, um, to try to get into corner outfield, or sorry corner infield. And I, I'm totally happy with this. He's a former first-round pick. It's it, the third base is out now with Rendon, so it's first base. That's his base. Otani's going to DH. Pujols is there. Pujols is the clog in the system. So when Otani has his, um, he's pitching Sundays. He'll have Saturdays off. He'll have Mondays off. So that's when Theus can get in, minimum. So I, I'm good with that. I'm going to work on it. Everyone's going to be happy. Let's check in at the end of the year. Ty, yeah. who is yours?
2: So, I'm going to introduce a guy that's also a member of Team Post Hype. Hello. And this is a guy, I'm going to toot my own horn just a little bit here, because in this episode last season, the guy that I picked to be the breakout sleeper was Willie Calhoun, a guy that everybody had forgotten about uh, and and had a resurgence, I guess, Absolutely. In, his, in his value. Uh, I think this guy falls into that category. Bit of a homer pick here, but it is. I, I blew you up last night with this one, and that's Derek Fisher. Of the oh, Toronto Blue Jays, so yeah, everybody hates this. Everyone it always does that when I suggest these guys, and then I get to toot my horn a season later, like I just did. Uh, so Derek Fisher is my guy this year. You have been knighted, sir. Go forth and hit dingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> so yeah, D Fish is my guy. I, I just I saw a lot of things I really really liked last night. I I was on the fence about him, same as Danny Jansen. And in the game, honestly, that was my two takeaways was Danny Jansen and Derek Fisher last night. Wasn't overly impressed with anybody else um, in those swings. They're just very different. Like I said, I always get into the technical side. And for those two, I liked what I saw.
1: All right. So there you go, everybody. Matty Theus and Derek Fisher. Uh, Now we're going to go into lightning round here, Ty. So if you're cool with it, I'll throw the category to you. You'll give a number. I'll give a number right on to the next one. Um, so 60-game season here, people. We are just taking guesses for fun. Most innings pitch, just the number, not the player. 58. 58. I like that. I am going to go 62. And saves. How many saves? 11. Holy potato, really? Yeah. I'll just, I'll just W, 22. You only think one uh, – I uh, – Okay. Wins
2: (laughs) wins. I think you're going to see seven,
1: seven. So when you were talking about Jose Barrios and and the fact that I think Minnesota is going to be good in my head, I thought 12 starts, let's say Barrios is eight and two. That's, that's easy money. That's kind of Cy Young, but there are guys who get off to nine and one starts and 11 and 0 and whatever before things happen. So I'm going to say somebody this year is going to be on one of those dodgery type top teams and they're going to get nine wins for themselves. k's we got 60 innings what are you thinking on k's uh
2: definitely looking at hmm. that's a trickier one for me give me a second you go first
1: all right i just wrote it in 71 now i can see a few pitchers that get into the 50s for innings like i don't know Let's say there'd be two dozen. That's not a few. That's, that's a decent number that get into the high 40s into the early 50s. And there are going to be some big K guys because I think guys are going to know they got 12 starts this year. Let's, let's blow it out. You know, like, let's get into that seventh inning if I can. And let's, let's strike some boys out. Keep that ball out of play. Uh, probably going to be Kendall Graveman who leads the league in Ks.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna <laughs> Just, go
1: with uh, that's the joke.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna go with 82 strikeouts.
1: Oh wow, you're going with the over me on that. Good for you, Ty. All right, 60 games. How many dingers last year? Did we have 50 dinger guys last year? Uh,
2: no, we didn't. Yeah, I don't I'll think I that. don't because we're we're still building up. Last year was a big spike. So let's uh, let's let's go with dingers. Um, 18.
1: Nice. I was writing in 23. Now, do you happen to just off the top of your head, have a name or two that you think would be the achievers of the 18?
2: Um, I like,
1: I know it's a tough question, right? Cause
2: I, I like Gleyber Torres to sneaky get up there. Oh,
1: so many yeah. games against the Orioles.
2: <laughs> yeah. I I like, I, I do. I, I like, <laughs> um, the guy that I think is going to be a surprising power, uh, Jump this year is gonna be Bobuchet. I just Over. I I think there's more power in that stick than most people realize, uh, and I think the, the the fields of play in which he's gonna be playing all season um, yep. bode for a high level of home runs. So I I think Fenway plays well for him. Uh, I I think Yankee Stadium plays well for him. So um, I, I like I like it to be good, and that's before playing the Orioles at all.
1: Wow. And then, you know, when he goes back to see his children in Baltimore, who he beats, and that's because the home runs people, that's not a a real issue. Um, I'm thinking this could be my 23 could be coming out of Cincinnati. We've got a few options with Moustakas. We've got Castellanos. The possibility does exist that Winker could just hit mad bombs. So, I think that could happen. Now, we saw um, what's it, Aquino last year come up out of nowhere. We, could see, we saw Derek Dietrich do a similar thing, but he's now a free agent. Not that Dietrich would be a 23-bomb, guys, but we see the, uh, the opportunity there. Stolen bases, tie.
2: Oh, I hate stolen bases. Um, let's go with 15.
1: 15? I'm saying 20, and I'm also just going to say it's one of those teams that's in the hunt that always needs to move – Guys, over. So it's in Atlanta. It's a team that's always needing that win. Um, that could be busting guys like Acuna, trying to get them all those deals. RBIs. So we're kind of setting the typical eighty-plus RBI guy to be somewhere around the thirties. So that being said, Ty, who's going to exceed, and or not who, but what's the number going to be for the guy that excels?
2: I think there's going to be one guy that gets away from it, and I'm going to go thirty-six. Thirty-six.
1: All right. I guess I'm I'm really positive with the stat lines. I'm over you on so many of these, I got 39. I just see, you know, those weird old grand salami games. You got the Michael Saunders, seven RBI game. Um, I just Jeanette, you know, I just think it's a lot easier
2: for the pitchers to stay fresh during all of this. I think they're going to be more polished earlier in this season than the hitters. And, you know, kind of that September effect that usually you see the pitchers hone in. I think they're going to be there earlier than the hitters. And I think that's why I'm, I'm a little hesitant on the stat lines.
1: Oh, I like I like the logic there. I like the logic. Uh, runs. What are you thinking? Ooh,
2: this is a tough one. This one's so variable. Uh, I'm gonna say forty-six.
1: 46? It's a little hot. Yeah, that a little is... hot. A little Holy high, potatoes. but I,
2: but I, I think somebody again, I think somebody's gonna get away from the pack on that one.
1: And and that that will be shed long. Um, <clears throat> so <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> on this one, I'm gonna go a lot lower. I'm gonna say thirty-five because I just don't know how teams are gonna try to combat things we do know for sure that the three batter minimum that everybody's forgetting about is going to come into play and it's going to put a lot more guys on base i don't know that it's going to equate to a lot of uh, a big run increase over a full mlb season we'll be able to really tell that or maybe two seasons but um yeah i'm saying 35 i just don't know how much it's going to affect i think there'll be a lot of guys in the 30 plus range so i'm not really going out there now k's this is The number of times the league-leading hitter strikes out. This is a Moncada category for you, Ty. So uh, (laughs) I have picked a ridiculous number. I went Dalmatians with 101. Um, I just think some guys are going to be swinging for the fences here, and and it's the three true outcomes. And I think there will be a lot of guys that are in the 80s and up. And, um, you know, like I could easily see a couple guys on the Jays being 80s and up.
2: Just because he said that, I'm going with 79.
1: You jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, Ty. We've been hearing talk that someone could hit 400 because the season is so short. So, what do you think the high league high average will be? Um,
2: 319.
1: Through what? Were guys higher than that last year? There must have been players higher than that last year. Sticking with Three. my
2: pitching theory.
1: Uh, okay, that yeah. I guess if you went the other way on it, that would yeah. be sloppy talk. I'll say 369 um nice. not just because yeah yeah not just because that. it's also if you have the old rotary cell phones or i guess any phone still does it three six nine you're going in a straight line hard on the right so that's it for us we will certainly circle back to this especially if we're right and reluctantly <laughs> if we're wrong that's but it. that that has been a fun exciting predictions episode we are ready for baseball are you at dingers pod on twitter at tourney boss at robbie baseball one thank you so much.
2: Good luck to everybody on their fantasy seasons. For those of you that are running, uh, we look forward to interacting with you all on Twitter, making fun of your decisions that you've made and helping you get out of the holes you've made for yourself. So until then, it's been Tyler and Rob on
0: Dingers